Hey teachers, and welcome to episode two of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I'm Caitlin from the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, EB Academics, where we do all things middle school all the time. Today, we're going to be talking all about three mistakes you might be making when teaching writing and exactly what you can do about it. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host, from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. All right, so today our focus is on three mistakes that you might be making as a writing teacher, but we're not just going to solely be focusing on those mistakes. We'll also be talking about exactly what you can do to easily fix those mistakes if you are in fact making them. And not to worry if you are making these mistakes, know that I used to make these mistakes too, especially when I first started teaching writing. And making mistakes allows us to grow. Making mistakes allow us to evolve. It's really a good thing if you think about it. And that's what this podcast is really all about. Growing, evolving, learning strategies, all kinds of just good stuff that's going to have a profound effect on how you teach ELA. All right, without further ado, let's dive right in with mistake number one. So mistake number one is not providing your students with a specific framework that they should be following. Now, this mistake can be applicable to nearly every type of writing. I'm talking narrative writing, informational writing, argumentative writing, literary analysis writing, the like, all all of the above, right? But for the sake of keeping things as simple as possible in today's episode, we're just going to focus on talking about this mistake through the lens of literary analysis writing. That's my specialty. That's what I feel super comfortable teaching. So we're going to use um, the literary analysis lens as kind of the focus of how we're going to talk about this mistake number one of not providing your students with a specific framework to follow. So When I'm teaching my students how to write a literary analysis paper, I can't just say, all right, go write a five-paragraph essay. The question's on the board. Good luck, right? I'm sure you're well aware of that. You can't do that either. It just doesn't work like that. So instead, we really have to explicitly teach our students exactly what they need to include in their literary analysis essay, step-by-step. I mean, exactly what you expect from them. And I'll say about six years ago, after not teaching literary analysis very well for those first few years in the classroom, Jessica and I actually worked together day in and day out tirelessly over one summer together to create a specific framework for our students. And what we came up with is literally a step-by-step framework that makes sense. It's a framework that's clearly laid out for our students And it's a framework that also allows them to inject their critical analysis in a super easy way. And I'll say that the moment that I began to teach this framework to my students, everything changed. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, everything really started to change. And that's when I started to love teaching writing is in these moments when things started to change for my students, they started to change for me and the way that I looked at teaching writing as well, right? My students were finally starting to get it. 
And what I loved about it is that not only did everything change and not only were my students really getting it and not only was I loving teaching writing, but teachers in the other classrooms at my school started to come in and observe how I taught writing. They would sit in with me. The resource specialist would just love to sit in my classroom when I was teaching writing because she was just so blown away with how effective the framework that I was using was for my students. And I know that Jessica has had the same experience with her students in her own classroom. Now, I know if you haven't listened to episode one, you might not know who Jessica is. Jessica is the other half of EB Academics, and I'll mention her from time to time. So if you hear her name pop up again, that is who she is. And now I keep talking about this framework, right? And you might be wondering, well, what is it, right? What is this framework that you use? What's so magical? Tell me. And don't worry, I'm definitely not going to leave you hanging without the framework. And I've actually put together a whole graphic organizer, the same exact framework that I use um, for you so that you can use it with your students. And that's in the show up, uh, the show notes for this episode. It's a free download. Don't worry, I've got you covered. All right, let's move right along into mistake number two. And mistake number two is definitely something that can go unnoticed. And that is not including a writing sample for students to model their writing after. Now, I know, I know this one includes a little bit more work upfront from us as teachers, right? We're going to have to provide a writing sample for our kids, but it can have a huge impact on your students' writing. And I'll be the first to admit that I was a little bit late to the game on this one. But I am telling you, now I wouldn't even think of giving a major writing assignment without a writing sample for students to analyze before I sent them off to write on their own. And you might be asking, well, why on earth would I give my students a completed essay before they write their own? Well, there are a few reasons for this. Number one is that by writing your own essay first in response to the essay question that you're providing students, it is very likely that you're going to find gaps in the question. And when I say gaps in the question, I mean the question might not really make sense. The question might not even be answerable. There might not even be any evidence from the text to support the argument that you're asking your students to make. And so how can we assign an essay to our students if we can't sit down and answer it ourselves? And I'll tell you that sitting down and and doing this exercise of writing out my own writing sample in response to a question I'm asking my students is an invaluable lesson for us to do. Because in the past, when I first started doing this, I would look at some of my prompts and I would be like, I can't answer this. How on earth am I going to expect my kids to do this, right? So it's really valuable in that regard. And the other reason is that providing students with a sample essay helps you really set those expectations for your students when they begin to write their own essays. Now, when I do this with them, I spend a lot of time with my kids going over the various strengths of the teacher response that I created. We highlight strong vocabulary words or we highlight effective transitions. We even discuss like why a piece of evidence that was included was a strong piece of evidence to support the argument, right? Why did I make the decision to include that specific piece of evidence versus a different one from the text? Why is this one much stronger than, let's say, a different example, right? So it's really valuable for them to see that as well. And like I said, utilizing this strategy has truly made a world of a difference for my students when they sit down to write the essays. And I I know it's going to work for your students as well. Trust me on this one. You definitely have to try it. 
And one last point that I want to make on this mistake number two about writing your own sample responses um, for your essays is that as my students start to become much more proficient with their literary analysis, I step back with my example a little bit, right? I'm not giving them full multi-paragraph samples throughout the entire school year for every single piece of writing that we're doing. No. At the beginning of the year, yeah, they might get the full essay, but as they master, let's say, the introductory paragraph for the next in-class essay, I might just give them a sample claim and then a sample body paragraph as a model. So you can absolutely start to taper it back throughout the year as your students become a lot stronger with the type of writing that you're working on. So that's just something to keep in mind. All right, and finally, mistake number three is that you might not be supplying students with a rubric. Okay, now hear me out. Let me talk you through this. Yes, you are likely using a rubric when you sit down to grade your essays, right? But let me ask you, do your students see that rubric first? And are you really using it in the most effective way possible? So let's talk about this. I've come to find just how beneficial it is to go over the rubric in depth with my students before they begin writing their essays. And I do this every time. I mean, every single time throughout the year that my students are writing any sort of in-class piece for me or any sort of even a take-home essay for me, we are going to spend time going over the rubric together. Even if they've seen the rubric 20 times before, we are going to analyze it closely before each and every essay or each and every piece of writing that my students are sitting down to do. And this is important for the following three reasons. One, you want to make sure that your students actually understand the language in the rubric itself, right? If you're using words or you have expectations in there that don't make sense to the students, How are they supposed to know how to achieve that standard or that expectation that you've set forth for them, right? So you want to make sure they understand the language. Two, it's a great opportunity for your students to be able to ask for clarification in any area that they might need. And number three, the rubric should be their companion. It should be sitting right next to them as they are writing their essays. And this way, they're able to ensure that they are meeting those expectations that you've set forth. They know exactly what they need to do. And that's some pretty powerful stuff. And one last thing, one last point about the rubric that I want to make is that the power of the rubric doesn't end when you pass it back to your kids filled with comments and with their final grade on it, right? When you pass back your student essays and you pass back their rubrics with their grade, you might also want to think about passing back a reflection handout and allowing students some quality time to reflect on their own writing based on that feedback that you've provided on the rubric for them. And this practice allows students to really, truly sit down and reflect on areas where they are strong and affect on areas where they need to improve or anything else that they see that they're like, oh, I could have done that so much differently. I could have done that better. Or this is what I'm really good at and I need to make sure that I do again on a future essay. So it's really important to give them that opportunity um, to sit down with the reflection in any sort of capacity, that that can be very, very powerful for your students. All right, so there you have it. Those are the three mistakes that you might be making when you're teaching writing and what you can do to ensure that we don't make those mistakes anymore. And I really want you to feel comfortable with the ideas that I've addressed in this episode. So I've actually put together three awesome resources for you. 
the complete framework that I was talking about at the very beginning, the exact rubric that I use to grade my essays, as well as the exact student reflection that I use in my classroom as well. And I put all three of these items together for you for free. They're in the show notes. You can just easily head over to the blog and grab them. All you have to do is go to www.ebacademics.com forward slash two. You don't even have to write it out, TWO. You can just type in the number two. (laughs) It's that easy. So make sure that you head there to grab those free resources that I've compiled for you. One other thing that I'd love for you to do is I'm so happy that you spent your time with me. I would love to hear from you. Leave me a review. Leave me a comment. Let me know how you're enjoying this podcast. If you're finding value, other things that you'd like to see from me, I would love, love, love to hear from you. So thank you so much for joining me today. Hit that subscribe button and I will see you next time.